Good morning, my brothers and sisters in the faith, and good morning to those in the world that are not of the faith. I want to talk about Matthew 23, verse 13. Sorry, Matthew 24, 13. And it talks and it says, those who endure to the end will be saved. So just think about what that's saying. Those who endure to the end will be saved. So many so-called Christians and parts of Christianity say, once saved, always saved. And I say to them, where does it say that? Once saved, always saved. That's a man-made religious makeup, right? The scriptures don't even say that. The scriptures make it clear as a believer that you can lose your salvation um, through God rejecting you or you blaspheme in the spirit. The list goes on, right? So I want to make something clear now that you can lose your salvation. And what that scripture is there in 24.13, Matthew 24.13 is saying, those who endure to the end will be saved. In other words, when you go through all the tests and trials and persecution, right, and everything else that's going on with the faith, right, and you withstand it and you have faith in the Lord and stand in the Lord, you will make it to the end. For example, the vaccine takers for COVID, right, none of them stood that trial. That was a test of perseverance and stamina and um, faith in the Lord. They had no faith. Everyone who took the vaccine had zero faith in the Lord. That's the end of it. So they, they failed Matthew 23 for 13. Matthew 24, 13. They failed that. Now, can they be forgiven for that? Well, it's not the unforgivable sin. But the Lord made it clear to me, those who belong to me won't take it. So if you belong to him, you would have had faith, you would have trusted in him, and you would have stayed with him, right? You wouldn't have bent the knee to Satan in fear because Christians don't have fear. I know someone who's a Messianic Jew who was once a fantastic Christian walking with the Lord, but he veered off the path greatly. And the Lord sent me in to encourage him to repent, to do the right thing, to follow the Lord. And he wouldn't do it. He's stuck in his ways. And he took the vaccine. Now, before he took the vaccine, he had a lot of fear. And when he heard about these, the massacre of these Christians in Tunisia with the Muslims, the fear that was on his face was terrible. <clears throat> Real bad fear. And I thought, well, Christians don't get fear. Because the ones that were on that beach, they would have been singing praises to the Lord. There are many examples of that in the Bible before Christians have been ex uh, executed. That they're singing to the Lord, worshipping the Lord, praise the Lord. Because they know they're going home. I'll, I'll, I'll be so excited to know in about two minutes I'm going to be at home with my Lord. But that's a real believer. But you get so many people that claim to be believers, but they're not. There was a preacher in Northern Ireland, I've mentioned this before. He, he said this quote that was really good. And he said that there are those out there that believe that they believe. And then those out there that believe in God. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's a really good statement. Because so many people believe that they believe. But that's not enough. Like it says in John 3, 5, you must be born again of water and spirit. And so many so-called believers say you don't need to be baptized in water. Well, Jesus himself was baptized in water. So he's leading by example. And he's telling you this must be done. And you're saying that it doesn't have to be done. So you're going to have an argument with the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, because of what you think is right. Like I said in the previous podcast I did, God doesn't care for your opinions. He doesn't care for your desires. He wants you to obey him. Of course, he wants you to tell him that, Father, I need this in my life and I need that in my home. And, you know, Father, I'm a child and I need your help with this. Of course, he wants you to say things like that. But having an opinion when he's asking you to do something and actually what you need are two different things. 
And this is where people get it all wrong. So really strongly think about Matthew 24, 13, because it's really important to take that on board. If you don't endure all the persecutions, the trials, the tests, you know, COVID was one of them, right? And you submit and bend your knee, you're done. You're finished. It's a simple act. People say, well, there's only one unforgivable sin. No, there's quite a few. So you go in Revelations 14, verse 9. Jesus says, those who take the mark of the beast will be tormented in front of the Lamb of God. Tormented in front of the Lamb of God. And when you read that, that is quite shocking. Imagine someone you know that's taking the mark of the beast in the future or whatever, right? Because COVID was a precursor to the mark of the beast. It was all a build-up. It's all part of that system that's building up. So imagine you take the mark. Because the ones who took the vaccine, the same ones would take the mark and then make the same excuses. It would always be an excuse. Oh, but God knows this. and He knows my situation. I had to do it for my mum. I had to do it for my nan. I had to do it for everyone else because I've got to look after the human race. No, your first priority is Jesus and God. God. Jesus, who is God. John 2.19, John 8.58 proclaims he's the Alpha and the Omega. Your first priority is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in heaven, not people on this earth. The Lord will take care of you and take care of those around you. If you had faith everywhere you go, if you had the vaccine inside you, uh, sorry, the virus inside you, it wouldn't have hurt anyone because he's not in the business of hurting people. But how do you know if you walked into a room and there's a member of your family or someone you know, a stranger, that's in complete wickedness and has no intention of ever coming to God, right, and then can't be saved, and God wants them dead, God wants them off the planet because it's their time, and then they die because you walked in the room. It's not because you've killed them. It's because he wanted them gone. You see, people get too involved in God's business. It's got nothing to do with me and you, what he wants done. My job as an evangelist is quite simple. I was chosen seven years ago for that calling, amongst other things. It's not my business what the Lord uses me for as an evangelist and how he uses me. Because the, the majority of my um, ministry is divine appointments to people that are veered off the path. He could send me anywhere in the country, and he's done it before. You know, that's the majority of my uh, ministry. And people say, why aren't you preaching on corner streets? Well, God, because the Lord has not asked me to. Oh, but it says in Scripture, you've got to do this and do that. Yes, it says in Scripture, preach your gospel to the nations. This is what Jesus said. Go out and preach the gospel to the nations. So once again, listen to what's being said. Preach the gospel to the nations. He's not telling you how to preach the gospel to the nations. In what context is he? We just presume it's done a certain way, right? And that's not the case. That's not how God works. God doesn't think how we think. But all of you seem to think that he does. No, he doesn't. He makes this clear in the Old Testament. Your thinking is not my thinking. That's in the book of Jeremiah. Your, your thinking is not my thinking. So how you do things is not how I do things. Because we're in a fallen state, he's not fallen, he's perfect. Mark ten eighteen, Je Jesus said, no one is good, only God. So when people say, oh, yeah, it's a good Christian over there. No, in your opinion, it's good. But in God's opinion, no, because no one's good, only God. The things that you've done in the faith are good only in, because of Jesus, not because of you. It's all because of him. So basically, right, when you look at this, Matthew 24, 13, and there's many others that make it very clear that you can lose your salvation, right? And why am I doing this? Because the Lord prompts me to talk about things like this that other people are not talking about, right? 
Nowhere does it say in scripture that you've got a guaranteed salvation, that no matter what you do and how you do it, you're going to heaven. No, so many people live in this deception, right? That is not what scripture says. But what I'm going to say to you is that if you are living in sin and it's hard for you and you're struggling with something, that could be sex, pornography, could be uh, food, it could be, because food, eating some of food is classed as gluttony, so it's, called, it's classed as greed, right? And there are people out there in the world that are starving right now, and us Westerners have so much food, more than we actually need, which you could say is what the country's earned over the hundreds of years, but the point I want to make is eating too much food is classed as gluttony, which is greed, which is a sin. You know, if you're struggling with alcohol, same thing again, you know, it's an addiction, the flesh has fallen. You know, the flesh is an enemy of God and God is in the business of getting you out of that and bringing you home. So if you walk with him and you're aiming towards him, he will do all the work. But if you're not walking towards him and you're not walking with him, right, and you're just kind of stagnant and doing all these things and he's trying to plead with you, please, can you repent? Please, can you turn to me, please? Because that's what he does in the spirit, but there's only so much he'll do that and he'll cut you off. I've seen this in people. He won't keep chasing you. He won't keep doing the same thing over and over, right? His job, you are the one that's sinful. You're the one that wants to be saved. You're the one that wants to make it to heaven. You don't want to go to hell. Who wants to go there? No one. Well, most people will because they walk with Satan on a daily basis. And even though they're convicted of sin, they don't want to change. So this notion, again, that everyone's going to be saved, where does it say that in Scripture? Because it doesn't say that. It makes it clear throughout Scripture that there's a number of people that are going to be saved. You know? If Adolf Hitler had repented, hallelujah, he's in heaven, I can't wait to meet the guy. Because he would be so remorseful for what he did. But equally, if he didn't repent, well, he's in hell. And people say, well, yeah, because he deserves it. Okay, so he deserves it because of mass genocide and all the wicked things he did. But then I say to every single person who says things like that, well, then you're a liar. You're a blasphemer. You're a cursor. Well, yeah, but that's not important. Well, it is important because blaspheming God's name, just blaspheming his name, saying o OMG just once in your life is blasphemy, right? That in itself is punishable by death. You say that back in old ancient times in Israel, in the Old Testament days, you say that, you'd be stoned to death on the spot. That's how severe it was, and that's how holy God is. God deserves the ultimate respect. Jesus deserves the ultimate respect in every single way. You see him face to face, you'd be flat on your face. You wouldn't even look at him, that's how holy he is. That's how much respect he deserves. And all these people out there, they think they're righteous, self-righteousness, and think that no matter what they do, they're going to go before God and stand equal with him. What planet are you living on? The Pope thinks like that. He thinks he's equal to Jesus. Are you being serious? Oh, I just think about it. That guy, the Pope, and there's so many Catholics out there, and you listen to this, right? If you think the Pope is equal to Jesus, you are so deceived. He is a man who's sinful, right? He is not equal to Jesus, He's the head of the Catholic Church, which, by the way, the head of the church is Jesus. It's not man. He's not been appointed by anybody. Not even the first pope, Emperor Constantine, wasn't appointed by God. He appointed himself. And all of that was because of one thing. Christianity was getting great popularity within Rome. And they took it on board. They, they brought Christianity into their pagan ways. Hence, Christmas is pagan. Easter is pagan. It's got nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus wasn't even born in December. He's born in September, October. And look it up online. It will show you this. I don't need to tell you the history, but if you know one of the history, look it up. There's a guy called David Pawson. Remember this name, David Pawson. D-A-V-I-D Pawson. P-A-W-S-O-N. Right? Go on YouTube. Type in David Pawson. 
the truth about Christmas. No, sorry, it's called Christ and Christmas. Christ, as in Jesus Christ, Christ and Christmas. Type it in. David Pawson, Christ and Christmas. Three parts, right? 30 minutes each, right? And he gives you the breakdown of where Christmas came from, from, from the very beginning, backing up with history and truth, all the way through to the end. And if you're not convicted, then there's something wrong with you. As soon as I listened to that, I wanted nothing more due to Christmas. I won't even associate with it because it's totally pagan. Now, if you have a family and your kids are in the, well, not shouldn't be in the world, they should be walking with the Lord, right? But, you know, because they're caught up in the system, for example, say if I had two kids, now I wouldn't have a Christmas tree in my house. I'd have a few decorations up, but it would all be about Jesus because the tree is pagan, right? The Yule log is pagan. It all comes from the Nordic God rubbish, Right, and you're bringing that into a holy God. Do you think Jesus wants to be associated with that? No. There was a testimony that David Porson gave, and he said he was at this church preaching. He's dead now. He died a few years ago from cancer, but he's home with the Lord. Hallelujah. How do I know that? The Spirit told me he was, amongst other people. So he's in this prayer meeting, and everyone prayed, and they asked God this one question: "What upsets you?" And God came back to every one of them and said, "Christmas." Because Christmas isn't about Jesus, it's about greed. You know, once upon a time in the early church, I think Christmas was primarily about Jesus because, you know, back then people didn't have anything. In modern society around the world now, we have mobile phones and TVs and, you know, we have more things than we need, right? They didn't have anything. There's people in the world that don't have nothing. The sad thing is about Jesus being a baby, he's not a baby, he's risen, right? So he's become a man, he's died for us on a cross and he's being buried and rose from the dead, and that's extremely important. Satan doesn't want to keep him like that. He wants to keep him as, oh, cute little baby Jesus. Yeah, because he's harmless. You know? Christmas is about greed. It's about what I can get. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait for Christmas because of the food. And primarily for me, it was about the family. So for some people, it is about the family. But it's also about what you can get and all the presents. Well, it's greed. That's a pagan thing, right? Nowhere in the Bible will you see anything like that. No, because it's not Christian. I'm sorry to rain on your parade, but this is the truth, right? And this is, and so many people make excuses and they are, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm saved and the Lord loves me and I know him, but I'm going to enjoy myself. Well, on judgment day, just imagine you're before God, right? And you're being judged, which you will be, right? And he says, did you enjoy yourself on earth? Well, not really. Well, you did because at Christmas time, that pagan faith. And, you know, I spoke to you about that. I spoke to you through a guy called Steve Prentice. I spoke to you through another guy over here and a pastor over there to stay away from it. But you chose to endure it. Why would you do such a thing? Why would you rub my holiness in that filth? Because you care more about yourself than your, the Lord. And Jesus said, you had to put me before everyone. Every member of your family, everything in your life. And if you do that, then you won't be celebrating Christmas. You won't be celebrating Easter, which is the Greek goddess of fertility. Got nothing to do with Jesus again. Jesus wasn't even born in March, April time. Right? Do your research, right? And you'll find the truth. And this is what blows me out of the water. The amount of dumb people out there. The Bible says people are stupid, Proverbs 12. They are. They're so stupidly led. It blows me out of the water. I don't understand. Right? And this is why God chooses people. He chose me, John 6, 4, 4. Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father sends them first. So if the Father hasn't sent you to the Son, you're not saved, pal. You're not going to be there at the end. 
There are millions of people right now wearing a Christian t-shirt in churches worshipping the Lord. These are the people in Matthew 25, the ones that are going to be there and God says, who are you? What do you mean, who are we? We're your children, we love you, we worship you, we cast out demons, we did this, we did that. It's also in the beginning of Matthew. All these people are going to be there, right? And he's going to say, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, workers of iniquity. Because in their lives, behind them scenes of their worshiplessness, they're living in sin, they're walking in sin, they're lying, they're cursing, they're fornicating, there's so many of them out there. These people are going to hell. These people were born again. You see what I mean? This is Matthew 24, 13. Those who endured to the end will be saved. If you're a real believer and you really are following the Lord and you're really born again of water and spirit, you're going to make it because there's so many tests and trials ahead of us. All this rubbish that Christians won't go through this. Yes, you will. It shows when people say things that they don't know what's going on in the world. There are Christians in China right now being persecuted for their faith. They've got more faith than anyone else in this country I've ever known. Right? These people have had their houses taken off them. They've had their families taken off them. They've been tortured. They've been beaten. Right? And they remain solid in the faith. People in India, I've been told from a brother, there's people in India that are Christians. And the moment you're found out to be a Christian, the Hindus or the Muslims will come after you. Right? They will stop you from drinking out of the well in the village. They will stop you from getting benefits in the village. They will narrow your life down. This is where the faith comes in, where God is going to provide what you need, because he provides what you need, not what you want. He'll provide what you need, are your water and your food. And he does. And I've heard of amazing testimonies where God has really helped Indian people. I would love to meet these people, but I'm stuck in England to do my job. You know, these people are the ones I want to be around, the ones who don't have anything but have tremendous faith. Because, hey, the ones who love the Lord the most. I'm going to be honest, out of all the people that I've met in the UK, I probably count on my hand the ones that truly love God. The rest of them are just false and fake. I've got a brother in the faith, and he, the Lord spoke for him and said these words, that I do not have to save anyone of this generation. And that tied in with a lot of things that I talk about. But it's funny he said that because he's right. This generation in the UK and the West is so evil. It's so wicked. It's so self-centered, right? I go out and about on a daily basis to do my business, right? And people are so, especially now after the pandemic, the way they operate towards each other. Was, like yesterday, I was in a shop and in Costco and I was walking around this corner and this guy was walking towards me and the face that he had on, all right, you don't know what's going on in his life, but he looked so miserable, right? He wouldn't move out the way. I tried moving, but there was hardly any room. And he brushed past me and I thought, well, this wouldn't have happened 10, 20 years ago. People are not like that. You know, and it's because people today seem to think they've got the right to do what they want. Why? Because you're self-privileged. You've got no rights, man. You know, I've said to people before, your freedom comes at a cost. We won't get into that. But this is what humans are becoming like, right? And I'll make it clear to you guys now, if you don't endure to the end, you won't be saved. A lot of you don't even read the Bible. Read the Bible because you need to know what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. What Jesus expects of you. He expects you not just to follow him, but to listen to him. And if you don't listen to him, how are you going to know what's going to come ahead of you? Oh, but I've got the spirit inside me. Yeah, you've got the spirit inside you if you're born again. If you've been baptised in water, if you haven't been baptised in water, you're not going to make it to the end. You're not born again. The Spirit of God cannot dwell in a dying, filthy, zombie carcass. And without that water baptism, because that's what it represents spiritually, 
not in the physical world. In your mind, it's physical. It's just, it doesn't mean anything. No, but in the spiritual realm, it means everything. This is why Jesus says it must be done. He's telling you this must happen to enter the kingdom of God. All the time you're not doing it, you're not in the kingdom. You're around the kingdom. And if you die, you go to hell. There's people that will enter the kingdom, but to enter the kingdom and inherit the kingdom are two different things, as scripture says. Right? Listen to that. Entering and inheriting are two different things. You can enter your father's house, as it says in scripture, but to inherit the house, to inherit the kingdom, is a totally different ballgame. Right? And if you're thinking, well, what, 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 where does it say all this? Read the Bible. That's why I'm not giving you all the scriptures. You can just go to that one scripture. I want you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and listen to what God is saying. If you truly love him, you should have done this by now anyway. Or if you just become a Christian, this is what you should be doing. He, it's all about him. It's not about me and you. Remember, the ministry you get given, if you get given one, right, is about him. It's not about you. It's about him bringing people to him. It's not about you. And if you're one of these people that I see with your pictures and your faces all over the place and your massive big legacy, I'm not, I don't want to meet you, right? And I'm not going to meet you in heaven. I don't want to know people like that because it's not about you, right? People say, well, I've got to reach out to people. Yeah, you can do that. You don't need to stick your face all over it. You know, stick Jesus. Well, Jesus hasn't got a faith because Jesus said, don't worship any images. Don't worship images or carve any, Right? In other words, what God was saying at the time when he said that was, you focus me on me in the spirit, not in a picture. This is what the Catholics missed again, right? There's images everywhere of Jesus. He said no images. Why have you gone and done that? You see the hypocrisy. And if you read the Bible, old New Testament, then old, right? Then when you come across ch um, churches like this, you can really challenge them and say, well, the scriptures say this, but you're doing that. They'll say, oh, well, it's because what we believe. Yeah, what you believe is from the devil, mate. It's not what the Lord wants you to believe. You see? The Bible says that. Read and stand justified. So in other words, that when you've read the word, you know what the word says. That means when you challenge or speak to these people, you stand justified. You're standing there. And you can't be ridiculed and torn apart. Because that's what the word of God says. It's many great men in history has challenged the church and been threatened with torture and death. Right? Because they say, well, hang on. This is what the word is saying, but this is what you're doing. Right? This is what John Count, well, this is what the Protestant movement did. They broke away from the Catholics at that time because they, the Catholic weren't even teaching the truth. You know, there's a, a monk in Germany, I can't remember his name now. He was the one that went and challenged the Pope and said, You're teaching this to people, and it's not what the scriptures say. And he was threatened. Um, he was a monk and he, he fled to Germany, and the king in Germany protected him. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. But anyway, that's how the Bible got translated from Latin to German and then from German to English. So it's pretty amazing stuff. Look into that and it's quite interesting. So that's the point I want to make. So Matthew 24, 13, and why am I talking about that? Because it's a big one, right? And people don't touch on this. Those who endure to the end will be saved. You don't endure to the end, you won't be saved. It's like what the Lord said to me, those who belong to me won't take the vaccine right? Those who belong to me won't take the vaccine. Because if you did belong to him, you wouldn't have taken it. You would have had faith that he's protecting you and your family, but you made excuses because you don't belong to him. You see? I don't have to say anything, you know, that's the truth line. End of the day, you're not going to make it. You know? Just hope, guys, you listen to what I'm saying to you, because there's things like this, the Lord says, talk about that, because I need you to talk about it, and someone out there is going to listen to that. 
you know, and it's going to convict them to get right with him. Because at the end of the day, guys, right, it's all about Jesus, it's not about me and you, right, it's about his glory and what he's done, he deserves the ultimate respect of what he did on the cross, that a man was crucified, God became man, walked on this earth and died on the cross, and if you realise what crucifixion is and what it was at the time, it wasn't just a physical thing, it was a spiritual thing and a mental thing, right, he was publicly humiliated, right, all of the apostles, apart from one, left him. Right, everyone left him. All these so-called people that loved him, they buggered off. They didn't care. Right? I had a vision once that I saw him on the cross. I would never have left his side, no matter what, I'd have been crucified with him. Right, I've had many visions and I've had many dreams. Acts two seventeen, Joel two twenty eight confirms that. Right? And all the things I've had are confirmed with scripture. The thing is, you know, God can give people these things if they're open to listen to it. Right? Not everyone gets a vision, not everyone gets a dream. That's how God wants to talk to you. And the notion that people say that people get that is just out of the world. Why? Is it because you're just so narrow-minded thinking that you can't think like that? You know, it's jealousy. A lot of it's jealousy. And that's why the Lord has said to me before, don't cast your pearls before swine. Because they'll tread them in the ground and people have done. Right? And it is a bit sad. But the Lord has warned me, so I told you not to tell them that. Because they don't care. You know? So, my brothers and sisters, I just strongly urge you to listen to that scripture. And to you out there, I know a lot of this I've been saying, I haven't really addressed the unsaved, but, you know, it's important to understand that you're joining, you know, I don't like to use the word club, you're joining a family, right, where you're going to be saved and redeemed for the blood of Yeshua because your sin needs to be paid for. Your sin that you've committed and all the things you've done involuntary or voluntary need to be answered for. You can't just expect to get away with it. And before you say, oh, well, a lie's not important, like one neighbor I know says, well, lies are not important. Well, they are because it's your, your lying. It's it's form of evil. You've, you've caused someone alarm and distress. You've broken the law, you know? Oh, but it's not important. So say you murdered someone and you went to court and lied and you got away with it and you didn't get prosecuted and you didn't go to prison. Oh, happy days, I got away with that. Well, no, you need to answer for that. You've murdered someone. You've taken someone's family away, right? And there's millions of people out there throughout history that have done that, right? But you're going to answer for that. And if you don't repent of acknowledging that, right, you are not, you're not going to be forgiven and you're going to go to hell because you've murdered somebody. You see, you, there's so many things I can pull to pieces and people need to realise that. You need to understand that there's a creator, a one, one God, that has created you in his image and he wants you to be in heaven, right? That's why he brought his son into the world to do that. And no other pagan God in the world, Islam, Allah, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, has got an atonement for sin. They've got a ritual system of prayer and works and that's apparently good enough. It's not. Your works are not going to pay for your sin. You need a holy atonement. And the only holy atonement in history is what Jesus did. That's why he's the most spoken about person. That's why it's the most um, persecuted faith in history. Because it really shuts all the more down. Christianity is real. And when you see a Christian, they're real. Real people. Real Christians, you can see the light shining through them. There's something different about them. I've had people say to me, there's something different about you. I said, yeah, because God is shining through me. Because it's real, right? Muslims are not the same. Buddhists are not the same. Hindus are not the same. And all these other pagan gods out there. It's not saying, oh, being nice, yeah, but that's just your human way. But it's falseness. You know, I've met a Buddhist that basically, it's all about love and peace, really. And behind the scenes, they're slagging everyone off. Slagging me off. 
slatering me, gossiping, left, right and centre, causing massive discord and division. Well, how's that love and peace? You see, total hypocrite. Right? And the Buddhists, I love going after them because they say they're, they're a religion of peace and love. Well, they're not. Because all they do is gossip and lie and slander about other people. Well, then that's evil. And the Bible says that. It's evil. Gossiping is evil. Slander is evil. Slander is an abomination in the eyes of God. Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19. There are six things that he hates and one is an abomination. Number seven is an abomination. And that's slander within the church. So a form of gossiping and lying, causing discord and division. That's what she did. And that's what they did on the street where I live. All the gossiping, the lying. And you're supposed to be a person of peace and love. You see the hypocrisy. If you're really born again in Christ, you would never even do that. You wouldn't even think about that. You wouldn't even entertain it. If someone came over and said, oh, guess what, they're over there and blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't even get involved in that. You say, listen, I don't want to be part of that, thank you. I'll make my own judgments on that person when I meet them, as in knowing them. Or speaking to them, not judging their life, but, you know, their personality. You see the difference? So, I won't go too much now into detail, but I hope you listen to that, guys. And listen, that without faith, you are nothing. In the book of James, it makes it clear, if you have no faith, you are tossed about by the waves, the wind, and you are just useless to God. And these are the people that took the vaccine. They had no faith, they're done. You know, they never belong to God anyway, and they never will. That's what he said to me. Those who belong to me won't take it. So if they, you actually belong to him, you wouldn't have taken it. But you didn't belong to him in the first place. That's the end of it. So I'm just going to pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, you brought this upon my heart, Lord, this morning, Matthew 24, 13, about those endured to the end will be saved. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father, for these people that listen to this, that we must have faith, Lord. Without our faith, without faith that's given to us from you, Lord, and having faith in you, Lord, we cannot get to the end. I pray that people out there listen to the word of God, Lord, that they read the word of God from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four main epistles, Lord, all the way through to Revelation, and then read the Old Testament, Lord. I pray that they listen to you, submit to you, and accept everything you say, Father, because you're the one that sets the standard, Jesus, not us. I pray that they submit to that, Lord, and you're glorified in everything they do, Lord. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, pray for the lost out there, that Father, your judgment is to come upon this earth and that everyone will be judged, right? And I pray that they repent and become saved, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Bye.